After almost a year's absence, Drunk Discussions is back in your life. Let's not hesitate any longer. Let's get this shit started. That is right, it is Ocho, I am once again flying solo, and after just under a year's hiatus, Drunk Discussions is back. Well, not fully, this is sort of a special episode, but I do plan on bringing Drunk Discussions back on a more regular basis, hopefully. Again, with with everything that's gone on over the past couple of years, I don't know what the format is going to be. I've... I've been given some thought about reformatting drunk discussions obviously sean moved back to saskatchewan i would have loved to have continued to do the podcast with him via zoom or skype or whatever but my attempts to contact sean have gone unreturned and obviously with the pandemic over the last two years now going into its third year a lot of bars are closed down so i'm just recording this at home and so like i said i'm i'm i've been thinking about reformatting drunk discussions and coming up with a new drunk discussions but i will talk about that on the next episode because i do have the next episode already planned out this episode is a special episode It is a response episode. A friend of mine on Twitter, Craig Ballard, recently did a video giving his thoughts on why Barry Bonds should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. And considering that my last podcast last February for Drunk Discussions dealt with whether or not I thought steroid users like McGuire, Clemens, and Bonds should be elected to the Hall of Fame, I thought this would be a great follow-up get Craig's thoughts, and then give my thoughts in response. This is probably going to be a short episode. I don't see this episode going any more than 20, 30 minutes tops. Now, I just started drinking, so this really isn't going to be drunk discussions. This is going to be more mostly sober discussions today. But my drink of choice is Black Fly Vodka Cooler Crushed Orange. I'm really enjoying Blackfly. I've tried their their orange. I've tried their grape. I really enjoy both. Wasn't really too much of a fan of their raspberry, but Blackfly, if you're listening, I do really, really enjoy your drinks. And like I said a year ago on the last podcast, yes, I do enjoy vodka coolers. Yes, I do get mocked for it all the time. But you know what? It is what it is. I enjoy it. I'm going to continue to enjoy it. I'm going to continue to drink them. So like I said, this is going to be mostly response, but I do have my next episode already planned out. The next episode that I want to do is a review of a Netflix special that came out last year, Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal and Greed. It's it's a documentary about an hour and a half detailing basically how Bob Ross and his family got screwed out of the Bob Ross name and royalties for all of his work. It centers around his son, Steve. For those of you who used to watch The Joy of Painting, 
You might remember in the early seasons, Steve Ross used to come on and guest host an episode once or twice a year. And then in later seasons, he sort of stopped doing episodes and stopped making appearances. So it focuses around Steve and some of Bob's old business partners. Steve does go into his broken relationship with his dad. I did watch it when it first came out last year, I think back in September. I don't remember too, too much of it, so when I do review it, it will be like watching it for the first time again, and I will do sort of a live reaction, sort of like what I'm doing with Craig Ballard right now. So before I get into my live reaction with Craig, just a reminder for those who don't know, this podcast is available on most major podcasts and platforms. It's available on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, I believe it's available on iHeartRadio. I think I finally got it up on iHeartRadio. And, of course, the main source of uploading is Podbean, drunkdiscussions.podbean.com. You can follow on Instagram at drunkdiscussions, facebook.com slash drunkdiscussions, on Twitter at drunkdpodcast. And I just created a TikTok account today. So I have one video up right now. It's basically just a highlight video. And you can go to at Drunk D Podcast on TikTok to watch that. Now, without further ado, let's listen and react to what Craig Ballard has to say about Barry Bonds going into the Baseball Hall of Fame. And sorry, just before, <laughs> again, let me actually just cut myself off before I begin. I'm recording this on the 22nd of January. The Hall of Fame announcement for 2022 is happening on January 25th. I'm hoping this episode is released before the Hall of Fame announcement, but I am recording it on the 22nd. So now, without any further ado, let's hear what Craig has to say. Hello, friends. Craig Ballard, Jay's Talk, today MLB Talk, as I take a look at why I believe that Barry Bonds definitely belongs in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Now, this is the 10th and final year that Bonds is on the Hall of Fame ballot, which is voted on by selected members of the Baseball Writers Association of America. And to get inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, you need to be on at least 75% of their ballots. Now, Bonds has been increasing incrementally each year, topped out last year at 60%, so still some room to go to get to that 75% threshold. Now, we know the issue at hand for Bonds is the fact that he used steroids for about 9, 10 of his 22 seasons. And to be honest, as we see, it's the baseball writers who vote for this honor, and Bonds is one of the biggest jerks in sports history. That whole human nature aspect, I think, is present here as well. Now, personal feelings aside, as in my opinion they should be when looking at voting at an honor like this... Craig's not wrong. Barry Bonds is considered a jerk, especially amongst the baseball writers. But Barry's been on record many times throughout the years, and other other reporters and journalists covering the game have talked about this as well. Barry always felt that writers and journalists were disrespectful towards his father during his father's playing days, Bobby Bonds, and Barry never forgave the media for that. So he always sort of gave the media the cold shoulder and was always kind of a bit of a dick to them. Let's do a deep dive into Bonds' Hall of Fame worthiness. Now, the story goes that during the 1998 MLB season, as Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were getting accolades and adoration from longtime baseball fans and new baseball fans as they pursued Roger Maris's then single-season home run record of 61 home runs, that as per Bonds' longtime mistress, that infuriated Bonds, all that press and love that those two are getting, in particular with McGuire, who Bonds was certain was doing steroids. He was super upset to see him getting so much praise, so Bonds decided to get into steroids as well. Yeah, it's it's generally the general consensus is that Bonds did start to take steroids after the 1998 season. 
he was definitely a Hall of Famer before then, and the debate now is just whether or not he should be in the Hall of Fame for doping in the final, what, eight, nine seasons of his career? Bonds himself stated that and testified that around 1998, 1999, his trainer had been slipping, started slipping steroids into Bonds' arthritis cream without Bonds knowing it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't think any of us believe that. In fact, I'm certain none of us believe that, but uh, okay. Yeah, no, I definitely don't believe that. As a player, if you don't know what's being given to you, then you're an idiot. You should know what's being given to you by your doctors, your trainers, whoever. Whoever's giving you any sort of prescription medications or any sort of healing creams, you should 100% know what's in them. That, that falls on you to know that. Now, there's a story from a book, Love Me, Hate Me, Barry Bonds, The Making of an Antihero, that, that talks about at a small dinner at Ken Griffey Jr.'s house following that 1988 season, that Bonds-McGuire season, that Bonds confided that he was going to start taking the hard stuff as he had coming off a huge 1998 season and nobody cared. He was really upset that who he thought were steroid users like Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco, getting all the press, getting all... Give me a sec. I'm just going to pull up Barry Bonds' numbers from 1998. So, for the record, Barry Bonds finished eighth in MVP voting in 1998. Sammy Sosa was the MVP, the NL MVP in 1998. Mark McGuire was second place. Ahead of Barry Bonds was Moises Alou, Greg Vaughn, Craig Biggio, Andres Galarraga, and Trevor Hoffman. Now I know wins above replacement wasn't really a stat back in 1998, but for what it's worth, Barry Bonds had the second highest wins above replacement for any MVP vote getter in 1998. Kevin Brown had 9.1 and he finished about 20th in MVP voting. Barry Bonds had an 8.1 war. Sammy Sosa had a 6.5. Mark McGuire had a 7.5. But Barry Bonds had the second highest wins above replacement for any NL MVP vote-getter in 1998. Mark McGuire obviously led the league in home runs with 70. Barry only had 37, which is a tremendous year. That's a that's a hell of a year. If if steroids weren't involved, that would that would probably be a typical normal year and probably would have been close to the to the highest amount of home runs in the NL. Obviously, steroids played a factor. Mark McGuire hit 70 home runs. Sammy Sosa hit 66. Sammy Sosa had 158 RBIs, which led the NL. Barry Bonds had 122. Mark McGuire obviously led in slugging with 752. Barry Bonds had a 609 slugging. Barry had a 458 on base. Mark McGuire led with a 470 on base. And McGuire had a 1.222 OPS, while Barry Bonds had a 1.047 OPS. Now again, in 1998, the advanced stats weren't as prevalent as what they are today. So when it came to MVP voting, the big numbers that the voters were looking at were home runs, RBIs, batting average. But I'm actually shocked Barry Bonds was all the way down at 8th for MVP voting. In a typical year where nobody was using steroids, Barry Bonds probably would have been top 3 in in MVP voting. 
probably would have won the MVP award outright. All the attention. So we know that Bonds did steroids. We know why Bonds did steroids. And I think it's a big deal to know the timeline as well. Now, coming out of that 1998 season, Bonds had amassed 411 career home runs, just under 2,000 hits, a little over 1,200 RBIs, and a OPS plus of 164. Now, here's the definition of OPS plus, if you're not familiar with that. So let me read the definition that Craig Ballard has up for OPS plus. OPS plus takes a player's on-base percentage plus slugging percentage and takes parts and league average into account to normalize across the entire league. 100 is average for OPS plus. Anything over 150 is great. Anything over 100 is above average. Anything below 100 is below average. And just to put that into perspective, Slim Daddy Vladdy's OPS plus this season was 169. So basically for the first 13 seasons, very legitimate sample size, 13 seasons, Bonds was averaging the sort of great season that we just saw Slim Daddy Vladdy put up for your Toronto Blue Jays. Now, only four players in Major League Baseball history have accomplished the sort of video game numbers over the course of their career that I just went through. That's Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, Jimmy Fox, and Barry Bonds. Again, I'm going to say 13. For the record, Barry Bonds' OPS Plus in 1998 was 178. He was 78% better than the average ball player for OPS Plus. 15 seasons is a legitimate sample size. He was putting up the sort of production that the game had only ever seen from Fox, Mantle, and Babe freaking Ruth. Bonds' war, his wins above replacement, 99.6 at that for those 13 seasons without steroids. 22nd best all-time and better than 132 members already in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Pardon? Holy moly. Prior to steroids, Bonds had also amassed 444 steals, making him still to this day the only member of the 400-400 club. At least 400 home runs, at least 400 stolen bases. Also the only member of the... Seeing as how he's the only member of the 400-400 club, he's also the only member of the 500-500 club. Seeing as how he finished with over 500 home runs in his career, and his stolen base total for his career was 514. So he's the only person in the 400-400 and 400 club and the 500-500 club. Two exclusive clubs with just Barry. He was top five in MVP voting seven times. He was a three-time MVP. What multiple-time MVP in any sport do you know of that is not in that sport's Hall of Fame? Uh, by the way, he was an eight-time All-Star, including seven straight All-Star appearances prior to getting into steroids as well. I'm gonna ha again, asking, who has this sort of resume that is still on the outside looking in of their respected Hall of Fame? So we see that even pre-steroids, Bonds had authored a Hall of Fame career. And how many stats would he have added even going forward without steroids if he hadn't made the decision to get into the hard stuff? Now, as for the steroids, I've never been sure as to what steroids have to do with squaring up a baseball. The hardest thing to do in sports is to square up a baseball, so I'm not sure where steroids comes into play there. We all have baseball haters in our life, and many times the physiques of MLB players, hey, you don't even have to be in shape to be a, to play baseball. That often is the critique as to why baseball is a whack sport. Well, especially especially back in like the, the 90s, there were a lot of people that weren't necessarily in the best shape. I mean... Even even going into the 2000s, you can look at somebody, and, and 2010s, you can look at somebody like Bartolo Colon. But in terms of hitters, the first one that comes to my mind in, in, in the 90s is someone like Mo Vaughn. He wasn't really somebody that you would consider in shape, but he could mash the fuck out of a baseball. 
if steroids was the be all and end all of hitting a baseball and hitting it well, then why isn't and why wasn't MLB full of bodybuilder types? And if so many players were doing steroids, then where's the advantage with a steroid pitcher is pitching to a steroid batter? Bingo. If everybody was on steroid, well, not everybody, but if the majority of players were on steroids at the time, and we don't know what the exact percentage is, we'll never have that number, but you can probably make the safe assumption that the majority of the, of major league baseball was on steroids on steroids or some sort of performance enhancing drugs at the time so if everyone's doing it you know is it really cheating not if everybody has the same advantage and i'll I'll, if i remember at the end of this video i'll get more into the whole it was cheating aspect of this because i brought it up on the last episode i did talking about steroid users and whether or not they should be in the hall of fame so I'll, i'll touch up on it again at the end of this video so, Craig, seems like a slam dunk that this guy was already Hall of Famer. So why is he on his last leg still trying to get in? Well, that feels very much like human nature to me, more than production-based, as Bonds is absolutely one of the biggest jerks in the history of baseball, history of sports, if we're being honest. So to have him sweat... Yep, like I said earlier, Barry Bonds was a dick, especially to the media. And again, that goes back to he felt the media and even to a smaller extent the fans treated his father Bobby Bonds very poorly when Bobby was in the league and Barry was growing up in and around the ballparks watching his father and Barry Barry never forgave a lot of people for that and he he carried that that hatred with him throughout his playing career out the, to make him sweat out the process for an entire decade to ensure some sort of comeuppance for Bonds and his attitude for the way he treated the media for well over two decades. Well, I kind of get that, to be totally honest with you. It doesn't make it right, but I kind of get that. Now, to even the biggest Bonds critic, I have to ask a massively important question for this issue. Can you tell the story of Major League Baseball without talking about Barry Bonds? Nope. And you also cannot tell the story of Major League Baseball without telling the story of the steroid era. I know a lot of people want to forget about it and sweep it under the rug, but you cannot tell the story of baseball without the steroid era and without Barry Bonds. You don't like him, so you want an asterisk associated with his career, in particular associated with his Hall of Fame legacy. Well, at this point, aren't we taking that as red? I'll go back to us all having baseball haters in our life. You don't have to be in shape to play. The game's boring. The game's boring and takes too long, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Even those people that can barely spell baseball, not because they're stupid. That's how little interest they have in baseball. Even they know the trials and tribulations of Barry Bonds. So you want him to have this asterisk the size of his head as it ballooned as he did steroids. Well, that's happened already. That's there. Take that as red. Also. Yep, 100%. You're never going to be able to talk about Barry Bonds without steroids being brought up. Like Craig said, even non-baseball watchers know about Barry Bonds and and steroids. So, yeah, those two are forever linked anyways. Even for the hardcore Bonds haters, is it even possible that there are players in the Hall of Fame that have not done things worse than taking steroids? There are cheaters that cheated their entire career, the Gaylord Perrys, in the Hall of Fame. There are several members of the KKK in the Hall of Fame. Yep, racists, wife beaters... Robbie Alomar, who was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame almost a decade ago at this point, and to this day is the only member of the Hall of Fame representing the Toronto Blue Jays. Last year, there were results of an investigation released 
where Robbie Almar was found to have been doing some not so great things, sexual harassment, sexual assault. I, I can't remember exactly which one, but either way, it was it was serious enough that and I believe it stemmed from two incidents incidents which were investigated over the past couple of years and people didn't find out about it until last year once it came out the toronto blue jays cut all ties with robbie almar they took down his hall of fame banner and his his number that they had retired they took it down from from the rafters at, at skydome at rogers center major league baseball themselves announced that Robbie Almar would no longer be able to participate in baseball-related activities. He would not be allowed to partake in the Baseball Hall of Fame ceremonies at Cooperstown. He would not be able to partake in... He He's basically on the same list that Chewis Joe Jackson and Pete Rose are on in terms of a, like a lifetime ban from baseball. However, they did not go to the extent of removing Robbie Almar's plaque from the Baseball Hall of Fame. Or as I'm recording this, they have yet to go to that extent. Personally... I mean, as a Blue Jays fan, it would suck for me not to have anyone in there representing the Blue Jays with a Blue Jays logo depicted on their on their Hall of Fame plaque. But I also believe Robbie Almar should 100% have his plaque removed from Cooperstown. If what he did was bad enough to get him banned from baseball and shunned from Cooperstown activities, then his plaque should also not be in there. But as of right now, it still is. So you're going to say that somebody who's been accused of and you've done an investigation and pretty much basically said he's guilty of sexual assault or, or sexual harassment, his, he's still allowed to have his plaque in the Hall of Fame. But Barry Bonds, who took steroids during an era where everybody else was taking it, he's getting punished and not being allowed to be put in the Hall of Fame. Seems like contradiction to me. Especially for people who want to say that the Hall of Fame is a place of, uh, should be prestigious. There should be moral integrity to it. And I'll get into it. If I remember, I'll get into a little bit of that at the end of this video as well. But let's, let's finish hearing what Craig has to say. There are misogynists in the Hall of Fame. There are convicted drunk drivers in the Hall of Fame. There are players who are proven to fix games in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Heck, even Babe freaking Ruth was caught and suspended for corking his bat, and we know Babe's love of alcohol, whether it should... Craig does make a note on that one. So his side note on this is, nope, my bad. Babe Ruth's bats were found to be corked, but he was suspended over something else. So I guess he did still have corked bats, but he wasn't suspended over the corked bats. I'm not really sure i'd love to hear craig's uh, craig's comments to to clarify that a bit more and suspended for corking his bat and we know babe's love of alcohol whether it should have or shouldn't have been it was illegal at the time so if you want to engage in a conversation laying out the laundry list of reasons why barry that's oh actually craig brings up a great point there because not a lot of people talk about that but yeah babe ruth was known to be a drinker and a lot of ballplayers were especially during the time of prohibition in the United States. So, I mean, right there, you want to talk about doing something, that's, that's illegal. That's That was definitely illegal at the time, but we overlooked that. Anyways, let's finish up Craig's video. Conversation laying out the laundry list of reasons why Barry Bonds is a jerk. I am here for that. I get it. But 
at some point that conversation has got to pivot into his Hall of Fame worthiness. And don't we have to acknowledge that pre-Royds, he had authored a Hall of Fame career? Again, I'm going to go back to that question. Can you tell the story of Major League Baseball without including, heavily including, Barry Lamar Bonds? So Craig definitely thinks Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. I happen to agree with him. Like I said in, in the last episode that I did last year, talking on this very subject, there are drug users in, in the Hall of Fame. Tim Raines is on record for saying, for saying that he hid vials of cocaine in his back pocket, and when he was stealing bases, he slid headfirst in order to protect the vials of cocaine that he kept in his back pocket during games. That's an illegal substance. Tim Raines is in the Hall of Fame. Like, and... The the biggest the biggest thing that I that I hear and that kind of drives me up the wall and I brought this up on the last episode as well is people saying that the steroid users were cheating. Were they? There were no written rules in, in place. Like like I brought up on the last episode, I read a I read an article with quotes from Faye Vincent. I don't have it in front of me right now, so I can't remember it verbatim. But basically, Faye Vincent was talking about how he actually tried to introduce drug testing into Major League Baseball, but the Players Association at the time, this is back in the 80s, right after the whole cocaine scandal broke out, the the Players Association rejected it. So there was never any written rules in baseball in regards to banned substances. So... You can say steroids is cheating, but there were no rules against it. There was absolutely no written rules in Major League Baseball at the time saying that players could not use steroids or other drugs. So it's not really cheating. They weren't going against any rules at all because there were no rules for it. And also, like I brought up in the last episode, at the time... Back in 98, when the home run race was heating up, I can't remember the journalist's name. I think it was Steve Wilstein. I, I, I may have gotten his last name incorrect, but I believe it was Steve Wilstein. He was the one that saw the Androstenedione in Mark McGuire's locker, and he was the first person that picked up on it and wrote articles about it. And he was shunned. He was shut down. Not just not just by baseball, not just by the owners, by the players, but by his own fellow journalists in the media. He was told to keep quiet about this. Why was he even bringing this up? Again, I remember at the time, because I was about 13, 14. I was 13 during during the time of the of, of the home run race between McGuire and Sosa in 1998. But I remember listening to talk radio sports shows at the time. And, and them asking the question, do you care? Like, is this record going to be tainted because of this? And almost everybody, the, the, the sports call-in hosts, the, the, the listeners, the, the people that would call in to talk to the hosts, they were all saying that, you know, this doesn't matter. Why are we bringing this up? Let's just enjoy Mark McGuire chasing after Roger Maris's home run record. So we are everybody that was around at the time in the game in whatever capacity, whether it be a player, an owner, the commissioner, the media, everyone is complicit in letting it happen. This would have continued to have happened 
if the United States Congress didn't intervene and demand that baseball do something about this. Baseball turned a blind eye to it. The media turned a blind eye to it. For the most part, the fans turned a blind eye to it. But now, now because we want to sweep it under the rug and try to move on past that era, now we're punishing the people of that era for, for things that we allowed them to get away with. It's ridiculous. It's 100% ridiculous. Barry Bonds, I agree with Craig, 100% should be in the Hall of Fame. You can feel free to disagree, but that's my take. And I'll also add this. When I did my previous episode, I talked about other drugs that were rampant throughout MLB that people knew about but kept on the kept quiet about. Not not just in terms of cocaine. Cocaine obviously became the big one in the late 70s, early 80s. But things like greenies. And I remember reading an article on the last episode where a player from the Pittsburgh Pirates during the 70s stated that Willie Stargell and Willie Mays, both of whom are held in very high regard amongst baseball fans, baseball media, baseball historians, both of whom are in the Hall of Fame, this Pittsburgh Pirates player said he never saw either of them taking any sort of drugs. However, drugs were readily available for players that wanted them at the lockers of Willie Stargell and Willie Mays. So if we're holding Bonds to a standard because he took drugs and, and and Clemens and Maguire and people of that era, should we not also hold people like Mays and, and Stargell to account for giving out drugs to players? I mean, again, these aren't drugs that were ever banned from baseball, but they were illegal according to, to U.S. law, just like steroids were at the time uh, of the 90s. Bottom line, at the end of the day, as Craig said, there are a lot of people in the Hall of Fame who have done far worse than just take steroids, and they're still in the Hall of Fame today. So I, I don't want to hear from, from the media, from journalists, from the Baseball Writers Association of America. I don't want to hear them with their, with their morality bullshit when there's completely god-awful people with plaques in the Hall of Fame today from the past. Unfortunately, it's not the Hall of Morality. It is the Hall of Fame for accomplishments on the field. And based on what Barry Bonds did on the baseball field, he should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's my take. You can feel free to disagree. Like I said, the next episode is going to be dealing with that Bob Ross documentary on Netflix. And again, if you want to find the show, we are available on most major podcasts and platforms, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, I believe iHeartRadio, and of course, podbeandrunkdiscussions.podbean.com. If you want to buy some merch, I believe we still have some merch up at shop.spreadshirt.com slash drunkdiscussions. You can follow us on social media, facebook.com slash drunkdiscussions, Instagram at drunkdiscussions. Twitter and TikTok at Drunk D Podcasts. And as always, whether you're listening to this in the morning, the afternoon, the evening, whatever time of day it is, where you are, when you're listening, I appreciate you listening. I thank you for listening, and I will talk to you again very soon.